Hello, my friend. You are listening to episode number 11 of TIEPOD. Today, I am so excited because we have one of my faves, Miss Erica Steves, joining us, y'all. Erica Steves is a commercial brand photographer based in Montreal, Canada, but she works with clients literally from all over. Her passion is helping businesses gain clarity on how they want to show up online by making beautiful branded imagery that sells your product or service in a very authentic way. Her whole thing is helping photographers style products confidently, building better client relationships to attract your dream clients, y'all. Erica has all the wisdom and all the knowledge behind branded photography, and I am so excited that you get to listen in today as I pick her brain. Are you ready for it? Let's dive in. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to TIEPOD a podcast crafted by Tiana Tai to help you purify your purpose in business, love, and life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, dog mom, or just getting started, you're bound to find value as Tiana dives into meaningful topics each episode. So settle in, turn up the volume, and welcome your host, Tiana Tai. I would like to know who is Erica Steves and how did you get where you are today? Okay, so Erica Steves is very much like a person who's still just trying to figure it out. I am working really hard on trying to find my passion and my bigger reason. And um, for a long time, I, I've known I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but uh, I kind of put it on the back burner and put a lot of like those responsibilities of you know, getting married or like buying a condo or like having like all of the expenses that you have when you're in your 20s to 30s. And um, I, I coming, I'm coming to the realization that, you know, like 10 years ago, like I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I was kind of hushing that and, and kind of pushing forward in different ways to get more experience. But I'm realizing now that like, I, every step that I was taking, I was getting further away from my purpose and my dream. And now all these years later, I am diving back in. Um, I've been working as a photographer at a larger studio over the last three years. And now I just branched off on my own um, to do commercial brand photography. And uh, yeah, so I'm originally from East Coast, Canada, and I'm currently living in Montreal. Um, And when I was in back East, I always was really interested in, in art and fashion and things like this. So I ended up going to school and learning fashion. And I did a three-year uh, diploma program in in fashion design. And at the end of it, I was so inspired and wanted to learn more that uh, I ended up going to LA for two years. And I went to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising to take fashion design as well, because I was just so enthralled and I wanted to keep learning about it which I thought was was really amazing, learned from different people. So I got there and I graduated at the height of the recession. And so that was in 2010. Um, so I had to make the decision of like what to do next. So I ended up coming back to Canada. I finished my bachelor's degree. And that's when I, after I finished, I moved to Montreal. And that's how I kind of got here. But uh, that, that basis in fashion design and art history and history of design and different things like this um, really solidified like 
what I do as a photographer, I never realized like how important that link was. Um, I started prop styling because people had known I went to fashion school and they needed help styling clothes and I would just be on set. And then like this clothes turned into props, which is just product based uh, photography where people aren't necessarily in the photos, but you're, you're working with the product to make it the hero of the image and you're styling and creating sets based off of that. Like I, I work with one client and I do a lot of homeware. So I'm creating like kitchen setups or shelving or bed setups and different things like this where you have to use the products to be featured but people aren't in the photos and that's kind of like having that perspective of of knowing the design I think that makes me an even stronger photographer because cameras are, are old technology and they have very limited things that you need to know and once you have a few tricks in your tool belt you're able to do a lot more with with what you have, but capturing that, being able to capture those, that styling aspect of what I do, I think makes me a very unique photographer. Yeah. It's like, it's your eye that differentiates you, right? Yeah. And it's also like the hand too. It's like the way things are placed in the photo. It's the, the perspective and like understanding, like I sometimes see photos on like in different places and I'm just like, what were they thinking? Like one, like either the girl looks terrible or something or like two, the product is being cut out of the frame. And in like for what I do, like for photography where I work with businesses, like I would never cut part of my client's product out of the frame. Like what you do is you like the product is always, there's always space around it. But then you make sure that the other things that are giving that lifestyle feel, whether it be a scarf or a camera or a coffee or something, those can be cropped. But the product itself can never be cropped. It's like a golden rule for me. (laughs) So I think that and I think the same, too, like when you're photographing people um, for branded shoots, like I one of the biggest things I, I tell other photographers is like, when I'm working, cause sometimes I have assistants and they'll have a camera and I'll be on camera and we'll like, I'll be directing. And something I think is really interesting is like, they'll try to crop the photo in frame and frame it within their camera, but that makes the photo completely unusable outside of it, outside of that one purpose of, of it just being a nice composed photo. Like with, with the brand photography, I always say like, go back as far as you can and make sure that you have that one composition that really caught your eye but leave lots of room and space around it so that you can add graphics you can add different text and things like this onto the photo so that it makes sense and that you don't have to recreate it in photoshop or when you're in canva you can crop it in different ways it just gives the photo so much more versatility that you're able to put it in many different places so that it does have that cohesiveness throughout your your different uh, platforms. So like a Facebook cover photo or a website banner or a newsletter, like the bottom, like a square photo of you, like you can use that same photo, but have it in many different places. It's so smart. It's work smarter, not harder, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's so true. And it's something that like you have to train your eye to do because a lot of times if, if like uh, just like for you or somebody else, like when you have your iPhone, you just like you compose a photo exactly the way you want it to be seen. But uh, with 
with what I do, I always step back and get lots of space around the subject so that it can be a square, it can be a banner, it can be a portrait photo for Pinterest. You just, I want to make sure that what I'm delivering to my clients, like they'll always have plenty of things to use to be able to show up online better and be able to share their message. I think that's the difference between what makes you great instead of just good. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. (laughs) So explain to us exactly what is commercial branded photography and, you know, how it kind of differs from, I don't know, normal photography. (laughs) So commercial brand photography is really oriented towards businesses. And the thing that makes a difference is like, I'm not a wedding photographer I'm not like a family portraiture, like I don't uh, usually book clients like this, but I, I bring those same kind of concepts of of having the the family kind of shoots where they're engaging in lifestyle and everybody's kind of coming together, but I do it more in a professional setting where we're starting to tell the story of the business and the people behind the scenes working in the company. So as a commercial brand photographer, I work with really large companies and this is a lot of time for print or for larger campaigns. Um, I've I've done campaigns for L'Oreal, for instance, and this is very much, there's a predetermined kind of outlook of what needs to happen and we're fulfilling that brand image. Um, And then other times uh, we're work like with smaller businesses, it's a bit different because it's a lot more times like a personal brand and you need to really kind of tell the brand story of like who the people are, what the the process is, and like to build trust with their audience. So it, it varies. Okay, so it's not quite as um, boiled down to the fact that it's not always product-based. It can also be people-based, but it's really about bringing out, you know, the warmth and the personality of the business. Is that correct? Yeah, so I really like to highlight the brand culture, um, also featuring the different people that either work there. Um, If it's a company that doesn't want to have a person as the the forefront, I think a lot of times with with brands, it is important to have somebody as kind of a leader role. But like, if if that's not the case for for the brand that I'm working with, uh, there's a lot of things that you can do with either with models and hands and, and putting people into situations that like they would be using the product or service and uh, creating content that is original to them and their values of the brand. So if, if they have a podcast, like having a podcast mic in the, in the image, or if they, you know, like if they're more of a, a holistic company, like making sure that there's no plastic in the photograph or there's nothing that is like that deters away from their message of, of what they want to have. Oh, that's good. I never actually thought about, um, you know, kind of applying the cultural values to the imagery that these companies are putting out. That's taking it pretty next level. Yeah, it's uh, well, like as I was saying, like working from like really large brands like L'Oreal, like all the way to really small brands. Um, it's the same kind of philosophy and I try to bring it throughout. And it's something that I can help level up my my clients that are just starting out is helping them kind of get to that next level and like help them think of different ways of like expressing themselves and how to make it really clear visually what their story is. So there's no misconception. 
And that was a perfect segue. So speaking of leveling up, uh, how have you seen this type of photography and this type of media being used that makes a difference for small businesses? Um, I really feel like with small businesses, having the them being present in their in their website, on their newsletter, um, on their social media is huge in building the trust factor. And I think that's one of the, the biggest things with brand photography is like you are investing in this because when people are using Instagram or Facebook as a search engine to find things or they stumble across you, they want to know like, is this business real? Like, can I actually trust them with my money? And by putting your face there, like, it's kind of that social proof that, you know, if if everything boils down, like, I'm not going to kind of like, treat you poorly, because there's that social standard that like, I have to uphold to my values and my business, and I'm on the front lines of making it happen. So there's, I think, infusing your brand and yourself as much into your photography and the way that you present yourself outward, it's, it's going, it's really huge. So I'm curious, what are your feelings about kind of the balance of maybe promoting images that specifically are targeting your business versus targeting that more personal element and showing your face? Like, is there a balance that people should shoot for? Or is that entirely brand dependent? Um, I, I think there's many people that touch on this. And it all goes to kind of like, uh, like I work in in series of fours. Like if we're talking about social media specifically, um, you know, like you can talk about have like your pillars of your company and the things that you want to talk about. So um, in a lot of brands, like if you have a cosmetic in business, so you would want to talk about like the benefits of, of your product or service that you're doing. And then like maybe a bit about your story and the things that are really important to you. Um, and then you want to maybe show a, like highlight your workspace and, and kind of the process and how you achieve that level of professionalism. And then you have like a miscellaneous one where you can rotate some different ones. So by working and creating that balance, you can rotate through those four things and it starts to create a rhythm within your social media or the way that you're talking about things. So you're not always focusing on one area, but uh, that you're, you're touching based on these different things. And when you do a brand shoot, Um, you can let the photographer know that these are kind of the things that you talk about and we can capture images that aren't just of you, but all those aspects as well. So whether it's really highlighting your service and, or your workspace that you're not even in it, but people can know what to expect before they even arrive. That's actually brilliant. So I don't think I ever necessarily thought about photography quite so strategically in terms of because, okay, so full disclosure, my husband is essentially my photographer most of the time. And I have it's a couple a of friends who photographers as well. <laughs> Thank you. He is uh, YouTube taught, you know, YouTube, like YouTube Academy. But, um, everybody has to start somewhere. <laughs> but I've never actually thought about, you know, sitting down with him and being like, you know, these are the four things that I talk about. And I really want to make sure that we capture imagery that would really touch on all of those things, you know, because sometimes you're like trying to write a caption about like, for me, I'm trying to write a caption about industrial organizational psychology. And all I have is like pictures eating ice cream. And that doesn't really jive that well. (laughs) 
One thing that um, I think I could bring into here is uh, a way to elevate your your feed is you can present stock photography and it can be things that you're aspiring to or more of like your your brand philosophy. So things that you don't really have access to necessarily, you can either buy the stock. There's a lot of places where you can get free stock images. Um, and it's, it's something that I think is really interesting. Oh, it's like, I wouldn't overuse it, but if you layer it in without, with, with, through your other content, you have an opportunity to, uh, to keep expanding on the story and either dive deeper or kind of hit those things that you, you want to talk about. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TiePod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. Okay, so question. If I, let's, let's keep it general. So if, I'm a per, if I have a personal brand and I teach, I'm going to say copywriting right? Mm -hmm. What type of stock photography could I potentially even be looking for? Are we talking like flat lays or like the inspirational quotes? What exactly would I be even looking for? Um, With stock photography, I think it's really interesting. Like if you were to use them in your business, uh, sometimes you can use like a landscape image and then put a quote over it. If you're a copywriter, that could be an interesting way to use stock images. Um, Another thing could be in a coffee shop where it's just somebody with their hand and their they're writing in a notebook or something and you can kind of see it's more of a lifestyle but it's not necessarily super focused on your face and it doesn't necessarily have to be your hand um another option with stock photography is the flat lay if depending on like how your brand is uh that is a really good option too and there's so many different kinds of flat lays like i i do flat lays as well and i actually have a free resource for your community um, I'm going to give 15 free stock images and I have them that you can access through my website and we'll put them in the show notes, but it's at ecstyle.com forward slash resources. And, uh, there's 15 ones that you can play with and incorporate in your brand. And the ones that I like to use for stock photos are, are very simple. They're very airy and bright and they're ways that you can start the conversation or you can add text with them. Um, a lot of times too, with a laptop screen, you can go in Photoshop and just like cut out that and put your own website on there. And it's a way where you can start the conversation about how you can find the services through your website. If that's what you want to talk about in your caption. See, this is, this is getting creative. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Photography is so versatile and I think it's really amazing because, you know, like everybody like caption and storytelling is amazing but the people consume so much. So like by looking at a photo, a photo has like a photo tells a story and you know how there's that, that saying that a photo is like a thousand words. So when you start thinking about all of the aspects in the photo, you can say what you want to say just by being visual and it can be really 
really uh, make people stop in their tracks, which I think is, is really amazing. And if it's done well, it can really elevate you and set you apart from other people. So if things were done super well and you just woke up and it was the fairy tale world of people using branded photography, what, what would that look like? What does great look like? Um, I think great looks like good quality and not too busy, like having a point of view. Um, I think that like a great could be also like simple. It doesn't have to be super crazy or overthought. Uh, like those editorial shoots or things like this that are over the top is really aspirational and kind of interesting and it would make people stop. But it's not realistic. It's not like the day to day. And I think that any time that you can do branded photography that like that you can definitely tell it wasn't taken on a phone and you just have that more of a diversity of it not being a selfie, but actually somebody taking a picture of you, that kind of even just sets you apart. And to do that at a lower at a lower budget, if you were even just have a tripod and you're taking pictures of yourself, you can in the right light if you're using an iPhone or something like this, you can get good quality photos, but they're not as versatile because it doesn't have the same um, capacity in the way of what you can do for editing and different things like this. So with branded photography with a photographer, um, I'm shooting raw. The files are very high res. I'm making sure that the the lighting and that the ISO and all of the things are working together so that they're not grainy and they're sharp and they're composed beautifully. So this is what I think like I can bring to the table or other photographers can bring to the table that is a bit different than like you going to a friend or are just using your phone to take photos. So it's definitely an art to it. I get that for sure. So I am curious though, how, so as, as people are kind of stumbling their way, because we tend to stumble as new entrepreneurs, right? So as yeah. people are kind of stumbling their way and, you know, maybe they're able to invest and get a, get a shoot, but maybe they're just not able to get the amount of content that they necessarily need to continue posting and being um, relevant on social media channels. So how would you recommend they fill, I guess, in the spaces in between, you know, those professional branded photography images versus the stock photos and then just what they have to come up with themselves? What's a good way to handle that? Um, I mean, like, I think when you do the branded photo shoot, too, and really something that I think is really important is you plan multiple outfits. So when you do take photos... It doesn't look like it's all the same day. Um, You're not wearing the same outfit so that you can post them back to back or like close together. And it appears that, you know, it was wasn't taken at the same time. Um, A lot of times when I plan a brand shoot, I'll ask them to bring like four or five outfits and then we'll go to like three locations. And within that, we will I'll take as many photos as I can and I deliver as many like usable photos that were from that session. And something that's really amazing with that is they get a bank. And if they don't use it all then, they can always go back to it. So every time you do a brand shoot, you're kind of building your bank. And even if you're not using them right now, you have an opportunity to use them at a a later time. So having that flexibility and having that, that bank of images, I think, is really, really helpful. And 
and helping you be consistent and then offsetting with the stock photography. If you're really short on content, you can also insert quotes. Um, if you do Instagram TVs and things like this, like your video shows up on your feed. So this is ways that you can kind of break up everything and like have that longevity of, of images. Um, yeah, so I think it's, it's really interesting. And even if you're shooting it yourself, if you get your hair done and your makeup done once, you go out and you make a day of it and you create lots and lots of content. Right. Content creation madness. <laughs> yeah. And a lot so of times too, actually... like, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, I think it's really amazing too when people uh, start telling their process and their stories that they have in the moment of them doing it. So like layering between like the branded photography, stock photography, and then even just taking pictures with your phone that are more real and candid, I think is really nice to put into the blend. And some of it could be, you know, like you just did this really big order, you're really excited about it, and you're on the way to the post office, and you take like a cute picture of like, the whole stack of products that you're shipping out and letting people know that they're coming and to be excited about it. <laughs> so I think that layering in some photos from your phone can be okay. And it just adds that personal touch and it makes it you seem more realistic than always having branded content that is done with a photographer. Right. It's like that behind the scenes vibe, right? Yeah. And you see a lot of really large, um, like people doing it and especially with videos I know like with Mary Folio I had seen like she does a lot she has like her Mary Folio TV but then there's a lot of times where she's selling and doing things with her just on her phone and it's the production value is very low but she's balancing it and intertwining it with with the higher ones to position herself as more of the expert yeah and I, I actually I follow her as well and I like her vibe so I can completely understand what you mean by find, striking that balance in between being you know kind of very put together but then also very human at the same time yeah I think that especially for anybody starting out as you were saying earlier um, it's a struggle and there's a lot of balance and you know like done is good enough and you know coming to terms with like this is all I could do today and you know you're you're one person sometimes well many times and you're wearing all the hats so the things that aren't so glamorous that you're doing with like accounting and stuff like that, like you're not necessarily documenting and taking pictures of, but you kind of hitting either like milestones or winning a goal or something that you were really striving to do. I think it's really important to capture those moments and let people in on the journey and tell that story as well. Absolutely. So my next question is a little bit off the cuff. It just kind of popped in my head just now, but so we were talking it. about... Good, good. We were talking about basically batching up the content and kind of, you know, if you don't use all of your photos at once, that's okay. Because I mean, essentially, if you got 30 photos, you could spread those bad boys out over a year if you felt like it, right? But what what struck me and what I'm curious about is how do you ensure that you're kind of having the same look? You know, that element of consistency where these photos that are taken at different times feel cohesive and feel like you at the same time? Um, I think there's different ways. One way is like to find yourself a photographer and they usually have a certain aesthetic or style. And this is, is really good to keep that cohesiveness because it would be similar editing. 
it would be like they would have a similar kind of point of view and uh, approach to to creating it. So I think that that could be a good way to create that cohesiveness. If you have branded colors or things that are are very specific to your brand, keeping that continuity. If if say like pink is your color and it's the fall and you wear a pink scarf, but in the summer you're wearing a pink dress, like you're carrying on that brand identity and that brand story by having the similar colors. Um, you can also use presets so that you can have that cohesive. So it doesn't matter which photographer is using it, as long as you're using the preset and you kind of have those same tonalities, um, it can create that same kind of vibe. And you can also apply those presets to stock images that you have to also keep that cohesiveness. Oh, that's clever. I actually never thought about um, using the same, you know, editing and filtering on the on the stock photos. Hmm. For me, I, I very much like, I don't use presets. Um, I know the, the style of photo that I like and that I would gravitate is like bright and airy. And that's the way that I shoot. That's the way the images that I gravitate towards and stock images too. So I never put presets because it usually all looks clean and bright and vibrant. But uh, if, you, if that is a concern for you and something that is an option that I've seen people and I've encouraged other people to do. So can I um, make a confession? Because I, I actually chuckled a little bit when you mentioned uh, using your brand colors in your mm -hmm. wardrobe. Yeah. So my confession is this. I never, ever thought about it for some reason. I have no idea. I spent all this time, you know, choose, you know, getting the branding package together and I had all my colors and my website was fully branded. And I was like, this is great. And then I was like taking pictures in yellow. And yellow is not in my branding colors, <laughs> which I know is fine. But to, it was really funny because I had whole photo shoots where I was not even, you know, coordinating, like purely pure full on clashing with my branding mm -hmm. colors. And it struck me because and I know, you know, her, Jenna Kutcher, mm -hmm. I was scrolling her Instagram one day and I was like, why does this feel different to me? I was like, what is it about? you know, this feed that makes me like when I see it, I know that I'm looking at her feed. And then I was like, good God, the woman is wearing orange and like neutral colors in all of her photos. I think and that, that was, was a my transition, <laughs> a new transition into her brand identity with that is I think like seasonally or even like, because she, she hasn't always had that orange color. Mm -hmm. And I remember her saying and something I was listening to her talking about is that, you know, to stop people in their tracks, she felt like she needed to do something like really obscure and like start making posts with like char chartreuse yellow or like that like burnt copper orange. But it's also on trend in the fashion world as well right now. Like you see those colors everywhere that you go, like whether you're walking in Target or you're walking into your favorite store, like those colors are very relevant to right now. So I believe in her brand story, she she picked a color and she's staying with it for a minute and then she's going to transition right. into another color. And I think that's very feasible as well. Cause for me as a photographer, I feel like I don't have a brand color because I'm just like, I, I shoot in color. So everything's my, my color. Right. <laughs> so I, I find for myself too, I also went to fashion school so like when I was in university and everything and I have like this really deep understanding, a deep rooted understanding of, of colors and 
and just like fashion in general and like how things kind of ebb and flow. So I never want to pinpoint myself to a specific thing because I am always, I'm a chameleon. I'm always like readapting and rechanging myself. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And if that is a part of your brand story, then I don't, that sounds like it would work to me. (laughs) I I think that's something that's really interesting as being a photographer and having that ability to be a chameleon, I can adapt into like somebody can express to me or talk to me about their brand and I can literally feel myself and be present in that brand and then like protrude that in my photography and the way that I style or set up a shoot. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty exciting. I have to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Primally Pure. Y'all, I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I've tried a lot of natural deodorants and my husband disapproves of 99.9% of them, but not my new Primally Pure charcoal deodorant. I have been so excited to share this with you because I have been testing it myself for three full months before I decided that it was worth sharing. This is absolutely my hands down favorite natural deodorant and I've tried at least five or six brands by now. And even better, it can be your new favorite too. You can get your next order for 10% off by using the code TIANA10. That's right, T-I-A-N-N-A-1-0, and you're on your way to your new favorite deodorant. And hopefully your significant other will approve of this one. <laughs> Let's shift gears a little bit because I happen to know that you built your business as an entrepreneur. You took the step away from you know, more of the corporate setting with the big firms and you have branched out. So can you tell us a little bit more about what that's been like so far? Yes. (laughs) So it's, I've, I've known I wanted to be an entrepreneur since I was in grade 12. I said this at the beginning of the podcast and it took me, I was in a long journey. I had gone to fashion school. I did all these things. I started working in the private sector and I was always working for somebody else. And I, I always found myself being very unhappy in those situations. And now all these years later, I'm figuring out that like, I really just want to be working for myself. And um, I had this like epiphany moment back in April where I was just like, no more. I refuse to believe that the life that I'm living today is all there is for me. And, you know, like I really, I was like, I just pulled the plug. I said, I resigned from my job and I just dove into being an entrepreneur full time. Um, I am working part time with the studio I was working with previously to fulfill contracts that I had promised to clients before. But it's also been great because it's given me the opportunity to have like some money coming in that's stable while I kind of get my footing and building the foundation for this new business. But it's it's been a grind. It's been I started at the beginning of the summer, and you know every day it's like waking up and being excited about like writing that next newsletter, you know, trying to book clients, going to networking events, getting my name out as my own person, shooting and and taking on clients. Um, it's been learning accounting and figuring out all the things and, and building a community online, like where we had met in a closed Facebook in a closed Facebook group. Um, that support of that community has been really amazing in in making that transition because I have people to show up for, like weekly because I have accountability buddies that 
you know, like we're checking in with each other because working by yourself can be really kind of daunting and it's easy to set goals and not follow through with them. But when you are meeting with people online with similar goals and dreams, you have that ability to keep pushing yourself forward with the momentum of the other people around you. Oh, amen to that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Look, (laughs) and I also, um, even as an entrepreneur, I also, I happen to work full time uh, with a firm doing my industrial organizational consulting. So when I say actually having people who kind of speak my language of being an entrepreneur, and for me personally, being a solopreneur, I'm just like, this accountability is everything. Yeah. And I like Absolutely. having people to show up for has mm-hmm. been one of the biggest changes. Like I think 10 years ago, I wouldn't have even though like I wanted to have a business, I don't know if it would have been the right time for me. And now I have this like deep seated rooted, like, this is it, this is happening. I need this. And I'm making no excuses and like making sure I'm showing up and and finding different ways to get creative to make sure that I'm following through. Right. And actually, you made me think of something because I feel like even if I'm looking at my journey and looking to the past, I I don't think I had a good enough appreciation for how important it is to have, you know, these relationships that really feed into you and feed into your dreams. I think I used to be one of those people who was like, okay, if I have the skills, I can go at it alone. And that yeah. was something I'm so grateful that I learned. <laughs> that is not the yeah. way to go. You need people. <laughs> 100%. And uh, I, I feel the exact same way. Um, something that I've, I've really like been working on these last few months is how to make like lasting real relationships. Like I felt like when you're working in the corporate world and things like this, it's very easy just to like, you know, like people fall into your life and then you just accept them for them being there because they are hired and you have to find a way to work with them. But when you're working on your own business, you really have to, like, you can have a chance to curate and really surround yourself with higher standard people that like can help bring you to your next level and keep pushing you in your business to get further faster. Mm -hmm. Actually, there was um, in the church sermon, I went to church this morning and in the sermon today, he said, be purposeful with your partnerships, like stop yes. going into these relationships without intention. Cause it's so powerful if you're intentional about it. I 100% agree. Um, I recently like have kind of made these huge changes in my life, like making the decision to leave my job. Um, and I 100% like being intentional with all aspects of my life has been the forefront And I think it's the way that you can get faster, further, and like have those meaningful relationships that are going to build off of each other. Amen. So (laughs) if you could give yourself some advice, let's say you're talking to yourself 10 years ago, because you had mentioned 10 years ago. Is there Mm -hmm. anything you would like be dying to tell yourself in retrospect? Oh my gosh, there's so many things. (laughs) Um, one of the biggest ones would be like, if you, if I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, you know, like make more effort towards that and make that more of a priority and a more of a focus. And now that I'm starting my newsletter now, like I wish I would have started it years ago, even when I knew it was a thing and I needed to do it. Like, I just think 
I would have been more ahead of where I am right now. And so like the newsletter for sure. And then like making more strides or making it more of a priority to do it. Cause I've always been like low key obsessed with small business and entrepreneurship and learning whether it's reading or podcasts or talking to people about it. So I just think like right now it's obviously the time for me to be doing it. But uh, back then I wish I would have made it more of a priority. I gotcha. I feel that completely. (laughs) So what are you curious about? What are you curious about right now? Like what's on the horizon for you and your business in the midst of this journey? So when I left the studio, um, I was feeling really burnt out working only just one-on-one with clients. And I didn't, I never saw like the end to it. Like I couldn't see past like, you know, like having to charge more, like I was trading my time for money. It was just like, I felt like there was a ceiling on how much, you know, I could do and how much I physically could do. So something that I really want to focus on with starting this business is making it scalable. Um, So I'm looking at diving in and starting a YouTube channel to teach and give tutorials on how to to be a brand photographer and how to be a prop stylist. I had started being a photographer by being a prop stylist and I was trained to be a photographer on set out of necessity of just like being only so many hands on deck (laughs) and uh, I really enjoyed it and that's what brought me to where I am today. So I think the next step for me is, is teaching other people because I think it's a missing link with a lot of photographers is they do get creatively burnt out. So I want to give them more tools in their tool belt on how they can, you know, like strategize or how they can bring different ideas to the table that is, is uniquely mine, the EC style, <laughs> so to speak. I love it. And I think you're completely right. Like when it comes to being scalable, I can only imagine like you could teach millions of people with your YouTube channel. It would be amazing. Yeah. And I think that the opportunity too of just like of having a a wider reach and kind of inspiring and learning in different ways and the people that I can attract, I think the, the sky's the limit. Um, I had always been really focused on social media before and like making it a point of being consistent and showing up on Instagram and stuff. But I've, I've realized that, you know, like that's not serving me. It's not serving me because it's not searchable content. So my key focus right now is, is finding ways to make evergreen content where I can show up and serve and add value and give my wisdom to the world. And you will give all of the wisdom. I'm very <laughs> confident in that. <laughs> yeah. So what, I, did I, I, what did I not ask you that you really wish I would have asked you? Um, let me think here. I think we cut touch base a lot on all of the things. Um, I think we had we had maybe talked about wanting to do three tips that I could share with people on on what their personal brand and how they can incorporate this without feeling stuffy. Maybe touch base on that. I want (laughs) tips. You are absolutely right. So my three tips I had, I had jotted down a little note here is I had talked a little bit about it, but in social media specifically, like making the four 
your four pillars of that you want to kind of talk about with your business and then rotating the content. And the amazing thing is when you do work in the fours, especially on Instagram, the every time you go to the one, they're going to line up in a diagonal, which is going to give you a really interesting visual aspect on your on your feed. If every every photo that you're doing on the, the first one is a picture of you, all of the photos are going to be kind of they're going to line up and it's going to look really pretty, which I think is really interesting. And then um, telling stories. I think that is so important in the way that we share content and having, if, if you don't really have want to share or tell your stories and it be too personable, you have to like share the process, like, to share the experience of like the relationships that you're making and the projects that you're working on and and the suppliers that you work with and, and building that community with inside your social media, I think is, is really inspiring. And then using stock photography as something to aspire to. So in those photos, I think it's really interesting to use stock photography as things that you can't obtain. Like maybe you're talking a lot about travel and you can't physically be everywhere but if you do have pictures that are star photos of different places, you can start telling stories and kind of have that aspirational outlook on your Instagram and encouraging other people to aspire to more than what is just what they have right now. So those are my three tips. So good. I love it. Yeah. Tell us, tell us where we can find you. Tell us all the places and tell us everything we need to know about getting in contact with Miss Erica Steves. <laughs> so um, online, like my business is called EC Style and you can find me on Instagram at EC and it's spelled E-C-E-E-S. So at EC's and my website is www.ecstyle.com. So it's E-C-E-E-S-T-Y-L-E.com. Those are the two primary things that like where I hang out. And when my YouTube channel is up and coming, like up and thing, but you'll be able to find the link at my website to to go check that out 100%. And if you do want those 15 free images, they are on the resources page on my website. And it's just ecstyle.com forward slash resources. Absolutely. And we will have them bright and ready for you in the show notes as well. So it's going to be great. Perfect. It was so great talking with you. Thank you so much for interviewing and inviting me onto your show. Oh, we are so grateful that you were able to be here. Oh my goodness, my friend. Did you enjoy the episode as much as I did? I loved how we kind of took a more creative perspective around photography. And really with brand photography, Erica teaches it in such a unique light that so many of us, especially if we're not product-based, we don't often think about. So I just loved everything that she shared with us and all the tips and tricks. And do you want to know like my favorite quotable moment? I love when she said, I refuse to believe that the life I'm living today is all that there is for me. Wow. I'm going to leave it with you right there and we will catch you on the next episode of Tide Pod.